Having trouble staffing up? You're not alone. Our industry is facing an unprecedented labor shortage, and tech will play a central role in solving that problem. Yelp Kiosk was built in 2018 for restaurants who couldn't afford to pay a dedicated host. In 2021, Yelp Kiosk is supporting restaurants that want to do more with less. By adding Kiosk, your host is no longer trapped behind the host stand, enabling them to assist in all front-of-house operations. Learn more about how Kiosk can help your restaurant at restaurants.yelp.com forward slash kiosk. Now here we go. If you have a shiny glass, a sparkling knife, a good smell in the restroom. Those are all positive experiences for your guests. And that's what's going to want them to have them stay longer. Making the job of cleaning as safe and as simple for the staff is so critical, especially today when people are flocking back to the restaurants to eat, but we don't have enough people working in the restaurants. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators served up on the house. Who's excited to talk about cleaning products? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, what if I told you that the products we use to clean directly relate to our labor margin? As it turns out, innovation in cleaning products could result in hundreds if not thousands of labor hours saved over the course of a year. Are you excited yet? Today we chat with Paul Edmondson of Procter & Gamble, who will walk us through what they've been working on and how it can help our whole industry run cleaner and more profitably. I'm the vice president of Procter & Gamble Professional. I've been with Procter & Gamble actually for 30 years now. So I started right out of college and uh, did various assignments throughout my career, mostly in the sales organization, but moved across the country and have spent 23 of the 30 years in the food service side of our business. So done every role there is and kind of like working in a restaurant. You start off as the dishwasher and you move up to waiting and bartending and then you get additional responsibility. So that's been the journey that I've been on. And it's a real honor to lead this team and this organization and to serve this great industry. It's really uncharacteristic for someone in these days to be with a company for 30 years. What kept you there? What did you like about it? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, it's my 30 year reunion from college and all my roommates are making fun of me for being with the same company. So I think it is pretty (laughs) unique. But uh, Josh, what I've loved about it is it sounds kind of corny sometimes, but first of all, the people and the organization, the quality of the team that we have here. I haven't been bored for one day in my life, especially the last year, but even before that, constantly learning, constantly growing and feeling really good about what we do. P&G is a company of uh, purpose, values, and principles, and those have really come through, especially in the last year. But you know, we make everyday essential products to make everyday life better for consumers and for businesses. And that's been stimulating. That's been really challenging. And I'm very proud to have been a part of this great organization for that long. And what does your day-to-day look like? What are you responsible for? What initiatives are you rolling out? What is that? Yeah, great question. So I have total responsibility for our North America uh, professional business. Our core customers that we focus on are the restaurant industry, the hotel industry, and within healthcare, care homes, and assisted living. And we supply cleaning products to those industries in a business-to-business formula and format to help the staff provide a great experience for their guests. So no day is the same. Day-to-day responsibilities vary, but my goal is to help our customers give their guests great experiences, help our distributor partners help grow their category sales and profits, and then create opportunities for people on the P&G team. And that's really what fuels me now at this point in my career is having a good, healthy business, helping our partners grow, and then 
seeing that provide new opportunities for the people in our organization as well. I'm super curious. I would assume, especially in being with the company for 30 years, there are a thousand different routes you could have taken to professional success within that corporation. Why hospitality? What attracted you to it and what has kept you in that sector? Yeah, it's funny because it's actually not one of the biggest pieces of the business. So it wasn't about the size. It's a meaningful part of our business. But what I loved about this was call it the impact or the accountability that every single individual person has on the business. If I didn't walk into a restaurant in Boston and try to sell them frying oil 30 years ago, they probably weren't going to buy or use a P&G product. And so it's very different. It is a passion business. Our customers are very passionate about the business. They bring people together for great celebrations, great occasions. And I've always enjoyed the client side of it, getting to understand their business models, and then solving problems and tensions and really understanding, is there a better way of doing something? And again, it is, I think everybody can make a difference. You own your territory, you own the, if you're on your manufacturing line, things don't happen unless you're doing that. So it's that element of impact that really drove me. And I felt like I could go home every day and say, wow, I made a big difference. We're part of a big, big company, but within our business, you can really get your arms around it and make an individual contribution. Well, and I would assume that for you personally, it's not about cleaning products. I interviewed Ellen Bennett, who owns Headley and Bennett. They do workwear, aprons, and stuff like that for the hospitality industry. And watching her work, and I have been following her work for years, it's not about aprons, right? Aprons are the vehicle through which she spreads her values and culture. And I've got to believe that in leading a team and in doing sales outreach to restaurants, that, you know, the entry point are cleaning products, but it's more about culture, right? Absolutely. I can get pretty excited about surfactants and different chemistries and, and see how it all works and how long the suds last and et cetera. But let me tell you a story, Josh. I remember this. This is from 16 years ago. I remember walking into a hotel, into the basement, and we were testing some new laundry products. We launched Tide Professional, Downy Professional. And I asked the person who was working incredibly hard, what did they think of the new system? And they literally came up and hugged me. And they said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I said, why? What? We're just selling soap here. And she goes, my hands don't hurt anymore at the end of the day. Wow. Uh, and our chemistry is different. And that enabled that person to have a better day, to be a, I mean, it sounds corny, but to be a better mom when they went home, to be a better coworker and teammate, to have a smile on their face when they're greeting coworkers and guests. And that really is, I'll never forget that moment because it's like, don't tell me it's just soap, but this is really important. But you're right. It's about the experience that you can create for the staff. Whether you're a dishwasher in a restaurant, whether you're serving tables, whether you're working in the basement of a hotel lobby, and then the guest experience so that when you check in after a long day at work, your room smells great, the room is fresh, you have a great night's sleep, and then you can go off in the next day. So those are just little examples of how we can touch and improve life. And that really is what motivates me and inspires me to do what I do. At the beginning of the pandemic, I don't know how many people were excited or interesting in cleaning products and processes. I mean, even in my own experience at my own restaurant, it all became front and center mid-February, early March. I can remember turning to my team and I was like, when somebody gets up out of a chair, I want you to clean it. I want you to walk up in a hazmat suit. I want you to drench it with whatever we have. And I want you to make a spectacle of it because, I mean, you remember back then we had no idea what was going on. and. Right. Everybody was gloving, but nobody was masking. And there was a lot of fear. And as a restaurateur, you live with fear on a daily basis, the fear of the extinction of your business. And now we're looking at the extinction of our industry. And nobody really knew how to proceed. And I kind of envisioned you in this scenario where you turn to the team and you're like, this is our moment, right? Like <laughs> we can really help. 
we have the right solution at the right time. And I'm wondering, what was your initial reaction to the pandemic personally and then as a leader? Yeah, great question. Wow, there's a lot to talk there. So personally, as a leader, the first thing was the safety of everybody, right? Not only our clients and their guests, but also our employees too. So we pivoted really quickly. We worked from home like a lot of other companies, and we had to figure out how to operate in that environment, keeping our production lines running and our employees safe so that we could continue to supply those essential products, whether it be disinfecting products. People were still washing the floor and washing dishes so or pots and pans, so we had to keep things running. So number one, it was take care of our employees and keep everybody safe, and then help our customers. You mentioned there was a lot of people dressed in hazmat suits and drenching things. What we wanted to make sure people knew was that if they were on the P&G program, they already had the right products and the right portfolio there to be used. Where we really helped step up and I think help our customers was in several ways. One of the things we did was we created a Clean Plus Experience, a campaign that featured our brand. So we sell branded products that are made for the commercial market. So brands like Dalton Professional, Safeguard Professional, Microband 24 Professional, et cetera. And part of the what you just described is kind of, the, I've heard of people talk about the theater of cleaning, be mm-hmm. seen cleaning. Mm-hmm. Letting consumers know what brands are being used. We did a lot of research. We're a very research-driven company. And 58% of diners said they'd be more likely to pick a restaurant if they knew the products that were being used were brands that they trusted. So that's a way you can do something very simple just by sending that signal of clean without having to throw lots of labor at it and lots of complexity, just letting people know that you're using products that they would use at home and that they know and trust. So that was one thing. We certainly saw this as an opportunity, more so because actually if you look at technomic data, technomic says people go to a restaurant, number one thing they go for is obviously the food. What are they craving? What experience do they want? The second reason they go or return is the cleanliness. So cleanliness has always been super important. For the first time ever, it became more important than the food during the pandemic. And so we see this as a great opportunity, I think, to educate operators on the importance of cleaning. Don't view it just as a cost or a budget to be managed, but really view it as a revenue driver. If you have a shiny glass, a sparkling knife, a good smell in the restroom. Those are all positive experiences for your guests. And that's what's going to want them to have them stay longer. Maybe they order dessert and help boost that check. We'll probably talk more later about labor, but making the job of cleaning as safe and as simple for the staff is so critical, especially today when it's hard to get people. People are flocking back to the restaurants to eat, but we don't have enough people working in the restaurants. So that's a real focus area for us too. Well, and then from a leadership perspective, It's a real hurdle to be inspiring and charming via Zoom. I mean, it's hard to stay conscious via Zoom. (laughs) And and so, and on your end, it's hard to get in touch with restaurateurs in the best of times, right? Yep. And so I'm wondering from a leadership perspective, like what was the position that you took and what were the marching orders for your teams? One of the things that we did across our organization was we really amped up the frequency of communication. So we typically have a town hall where you get people in an auditorium and then give business results, but we increased the frequency of that. It was so important in the beginning, especially with so much uncertainty to stay very connected. So while Zoom can be tough, it's, I never forget giving my first presentation. I like to present in front of groups and read the audience and get the energy. I was looking at myself on a screen. I was like, gosh, this is challenging. (laughs) But we had great stories to tell. And the first one was probably in month two. And there were supply chain crises. Parts of our business were exploding like 10x what they were before. Other parts were down 80% because no one was going to a hotel and no one was doing laundry anymore. So what I tried to do was 
you know, take a page, a little bit of a page out of Winston Churchill's book where you never let a good crisis go to waste Mm -hmm. and talk about, here's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on what we can control. We're going to be here for our customers. We're going to stay safe. We're going to weather the storm. And I do believe there are tailwinds here. As you mentioned, the importance of cleaning has been raised in the eyes of customers. In the long term, that's an opportunity. And it was all about getting through week by week, month by month, really ensuring we had great collaboration. We did use a lot of the digital tools that are commonplace now and really be there for our employees and support them. We have moms at home with young kids who are out trying to do their jobs. I mean, incredibly challenging. And we just wanted to be there and provide them as much support as we possibly could. And I got to give a shout out too to our service organization. We have technicians that go out and ensure that our customers' equipment is running properly and safely. We asked them to continue to provide that essential service and those essential workers and make sure that we were keeping them safe and giving them all the right safety protocols and ways to stay safe too. And Got a lot of great notes from customers thanking us for helping them reopen. A big hotel chain, Great Wolf Lodge, is an example. I got a note from the CEO saying, your reopening procedures and the way you helped us open back up was first class. And moments like that are so important. And then helping drive traffic back in through some of the brand building and marketing campaigns that we have as well. So, But I'm just very proud of our team. I mean, a really resilient group and very agile. Everyone had to pivot. We've seen that a lot. I mean, the restaurant industry has been so creative. It's been hugely challenging, and obviously not everybody has survived, but my hat's off to the entrepreneurs that are out there that have found ways to use digital tools or pivot their menu, go to a delivery-based service or takeout or whatever they had to do. It's just a, and it's been an inspiring time. Working in the restaurant industry, there's always been plenty to worry about. And over the last year, cleanliness has been front and center in our minds and in the minds of our guests. Your world-class team and world-class patrons deserve world-class protection. Microband 24 Professional kills 99% of viruses and bacteria. It doesn't just sanitize and stop. It keeps killing bacteria for 24 hours, even when the surfaces in your restaurant are touched multiple times. And the EPA has approved Microband 24 sanitizing spray is effective at killing the virus that causes COVID-19. So you can achieve your most confident clean, touch after touch. And I think that a lot of the pivots that you see within the industry are going to stay and going to stay for a long time. And I'm wondering, what changes did you make to your leadership style, to your workflow, to the way you run your business within this company? And how are those things going to stay moving forward? Well, from a leadership style standpoint, one of the things that really bode well was being incredibly agile and available and accessible to the team. Almost literally, it was 24-7, which is not a sustainable thing for any of us. But during that period of time, it was absolutely what was required. And I drew my energy from everybody around me because I saw the commitment that the industry had. This was restaurants, as we know, are an essential part of the economy. I think we all rallied around needing to help the industry through this time. So I was inspired by the people around me, which just wanted me to be available and accessible 24-7 as much as I could. I think the other lesson I learned was not to give up on your most strategic and most important initiatives. We continued with critical work that we had underway. It would have been easy to say, hey, we're going to put these things on hold. We've continued to hire people. We've continued to onboard people. We've brought some great talent into the organization. And we've continued to launch great products that have been absolutely essential to the team. So those are a couple of examples. The other thing we did was built new capacity and new tools. So some of our product lines exploded. So we quickly ramped up supply to be able to meet the demands much of which we think will be here in the future and will be well used. 
You mentioned data before, and I'm very curious. You do have access to just an incredible amount of data. What is that telling you about where the industry is in this moment? In this moment, yeah, great question. So we're certainly seeing a good recovery in restaurants, at least from a sales standpoint. A lot of the business is still, you'd mentioned trends that are likely to stick. I think delivery and takeout. I know my daughter's younger in their early 20s, never really enjoyed sitting in a restaurant, but they love picking up restaurant food. So there'll be a bit of a shift there, I think, permanently to delivery and to go. So I expect that trend to continue. So the quick serve restaurant side fared fairly well throughout the pandemic and are also continuing to do well, even though dining rooms aren't still aren't fully opened everywhere. But we're seeing restaurants in general from a sales standpoint come back in totality really to 2019 levels now. Now, it's not seated diners, it's to-go business, which does create a different mix. And unlike you, Josh, I haven't run a restaurant, but I would imagine as we think about the menu mix and the profitability of different occasions and beverages, et cetera, that's going to be a really important thing to consider long-term. For us, from a cleaning standpoint, actually, the more disposable items and things to go, the less stuff that gets washed in the back. So we've got to keep an eye on that. Obviously, the front of the house cleaning is really important, but the number of dishes and glasses that are being washed are less because it's all in packaged goods. So we've got to keep an eye on trends like that. But from a recovery standpoint, especially as vaccines roll out, we're very optimistic that the restaurant industry is going to get back to previous sales levels quickly. The mix could be different. And we're here to help restaurants with products that will help them save labor, make them more efficient as they get started. We're certainly seeing a recovery in hotels. It's going to take longer, maybe six to 12 months longer, more so on the business side than the leisure side. I think there's huge pent-up demand. I know I'm dying to go out on a trip and a vacation again and see some friends. So I think the leisure side is coming back. And what I've read and seen is that the business bookings are starting to come back too. Although obviously this spring and summer, there are a lot of cancellations, which we're still looking to fill. I think you bring up an interesting point, and I'd be very curious to know what it looks like from your end, because you certainly couldn't understate the level of tragedy, right? Like, I think the average is like 110,000 restaurants have closed in the last 12 to 14 months. But that can't negate the fact that, and I'm sure you have some visibility into this, some restaurants have been absolutely murdering it over the last year in doing just an absolute ton of business. I would assume that you have some visibility into that's got to be a significant number of restaurants as well, even though they're not out there advertising it. That's got to be the case, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's all about how quickly could you pivot and how agile was your business model. A lot of the quick serve restaurant chains created family meals. And so while their traffic was down, their actual dollar check went up, which helped them tremendously from a revenue standpoint. And I also think there's been a lot of creativity. And yes, there's been a lot of closings too. But for chains that really took care of the fundamentals, took care of their staff or independent restaurants, I shouldn't even just say chains, it's the whole industry, and uh, look to make work as enjoyable as fun. I moved over here after high school when I was 18 years old. I grew up in England, actually. And my very first job was at a Bennigan's restaurant in New Jersey. There's still a few Bennigan's around, not too many. Mm -hmm. But the thing that kept me and chose me to change the direction of my life and live in the US was the friendships and the camaraderie I made with my coworkers and then getting to meet the customers. I mean, it just gave me a whole different perspective on what life could be like in the US. And so again, that experience when you're working together, I think is critical. And and where we come into that is, you know, cleaning is one of a hundred things that has to get done on a daily basis in a restaurant, right? So we just want to make those elements of cleaning as safe and as simple and as effective as possible. We do that by having products where instead of having 20 different items to pick from, there's probably eight or nine that do 90% of the job. That makes training easier. That makes ensuring that they work well the first time. You don't have to go back 10 times and clean the surface. 
because it's sticky or whatever the issue might be, that's going to put a smile on your face too, and you can better serve your customers. So that's a little bit of the role that we try to play to help the industry. To get back to the data for just a second, because I'm super curious, I understand you have insight into or estimates into how long the recovery will take. Can you talk to me about that? We think restaurants from a sales standpoint are going to cover very quickly. By the end of this year, we're expecting a sales increase of about 10 to 11% as you stack it against the year. And we expect it to continue. The restaurant industry provides a critical service to consumers and uh, absolutely expect that to continue. From a hotel and travel standpoint, probably more prolonged. And I wouldn't expect it necessarily, this is Paul's forecast, I wouldn't expect it to get back to pre-COVID levels from a revenue standpoint, probably until the end of 22, just because of all of the other segments that need to come back. So we obviously want to help with that recovery. And the critical component is while sales may be down, the data that we're also seeing is that people are restaurateurs and operators, whether it's a hotel or restaurant, are really looking to take as much labor out of their business as they can so they can focus on the guest experience. And so I think for all manufacturers are looking for ways to help drive productivity and simplification. One of the items, just a quick example of something we launched was a product called Microband 24, which offers 24 hours of residual sanitization against bacteria on surfaces that are touched multiple times. So what that means is if you're in the restroom, you spray down the door handle, you spray down the toilet handle, it's good for 24 hours with multiple touches from a sanitization standpoint. So you don't have to be running in there as frequently. You can focus more on the front of the house and other areas. So just an example from a data standpoint, you're asking about that. The recovery, those are our forecasts there. But I think there's always been a challenge with labor in the industry, right? People always looking to make things more productive. And so we're looking to innovate and make the task of cleaning even simpler and more straightforward. Hey, can you unpack that a little bit? I'm just super curious. It is You're 100% right that labor is our largest controllable expense. And it's, I mean, in large part, it's been a nightmare, right? Because labor continues to increase in cost and pricing seems to be static. So I'd be curious to know what else are you guys doing in there? Where's your headspace? Yeah. So again, we look at all of the jobs to be done at a location and look to do the job right and to not have to throw extra labor at it. So I'll give you a couple of examples here that might be helpful. One is we launched a professional cascade. It's for the automatic dish machine. We have a patented technology in there that prevents that prevents limescale buildup, which means you don't have to polish glassware, you don't have to polish silverware at the end of the shift to remove spots. We keep the dishwasher clean, the machine itself, which means the product as it comes out the other end. And I see a lot of, I go to a lot of sold. nice uh, snake. I'm in. Sold? Okay. Stand me up. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. Yeah. So that's a labor component, right? And you probably yeah. have people spend 45 minutes at the end of the shift having to do that. So Paul, that's one example. I interviewed Curtis Stone, who said that he had two people on staff on Fridays and Saturday nights who their only job was to polish glassware and silverware. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. That's one example. Even when it comes to manual pot and pan washing, using Dawn Professional in the pot and pan, Dawn Suds lasts we got all kinds of data, 58% longer, which results in 35% fewer sink changeovers, which saves you 6,000 gallons of heated water a year. Now, that's not labor. You're not standing around waiting to refill a sink, but that is a utility cost, right? We know water is precious. It's expensive. It costs money to heat it. So again, if we can save water, that's not only good for the bottom line, that's also the right thing for the planet from a sustainability standpoint too. And then I mentioned the microband example before. So again, in our small way, all of these little things add up. And what that tends to lead to is a happier staff because their job is easier, which results in better customer service, more camaraderie. That's back to that culture piece you talked about earlier around. It's not just soap. It's really the impact you can have on the business. Absolutely. And I'm curious, 
what are the biggest challenges you see restaurants facing coming out of the pandemic? Well, it's going to be a big pressure to delight their guests while, again, revenues gradually recover. So they're going to really look at investments really hard and make sure, and they're going to have to obviously find ways to do more with less. So that's a tension that we see out there. One of the things, especially for independent restaurants, uh, I have so much respect for folks. They're running all departments. I have an opportunity here to lead a you know, multifunctional team. But if you're a restaurant owner, you literally do it all. It's amazing. And so, again, if you think about how do we help people find the right product for the right time, we're using digital tools now. We have a new app. It's called the PGP Smart Assist on our website, where if you're a restaurant and you've got cleaning problems, you can select a few things and it spits out some recommended products. Because today you may not have time to meet with a salesperson. You may not want to see a salesperson in person. So we're looking for ways to help our restaurants face that challenge in terms of making simple decisions and effective decisions as well. And then as a company, what other tools are you guys using to enable operators to navigate these challenges better? in a more sensical way? A lot of it is through training. So we provide training and support through digital assets, through tools. We'll provide a, you can click on a QR code and go to a, a quick video. So point in time, face-to-face training is important, but there's turnover in the industry, right? So it's only as good as the last person. So we're looking to embed <laughs> our training procedures as much as we can. And then quite frankly, just making the products obvious about what they're used for. So there's no guessing. And when you pick up the Dawn, you know what to use it on. When you pick up the Spick and Span, you know what it's used for. That just makes the program very turnkey from the beginning. So those are some of the examples. As a strategic partner, I know you know that this is an industry podcast, and I'm wondering if you have any advice or words of encouragement based off what you've seen out there over the last 12 months. Yeah, I think, again, a lot of smart people at this, so this may be basic and obvious, but really understanding your guest, understanding your business. What is the experience? Why do they come to you? This is still a local business, right? Even if you're a chain, it's your local place that you go. It's your local restaurant. So knowing your patients and making sure that every time they come in, they have a great experience and just want to keep coming back. People are certainly eager to come back. There's a lot of loyalty to previous establishments. So making sure that that experience is fantastic. That means obviously doing cleaning. It means having great food. It means having a friendly staff, providing great service. And I think those personal touches mean the world too. I remember, again, personal story going down to our, our local bistro about five minutes from where I live, and I'd want to go and support them through the pandemic. And I was doing pickup food, and I want to continue to go back and help them. So giving your customers a reason to come back and for the reasons that they've come, I think that's why some of the restaurants have absolutely been thriving during this time, as you mentioned. That's Paul Edmondson of Procter & Gamble. To check out any of the products mentioned in today's show, visit pgpro.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.